the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, everybody. Pastor Scott here. Hope that you are doing well. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Do you have an edge in life? I want to share something with you about how you have an edge in life, something that I think is good for all of us to know, especially on a Monday. And I'm having a Monday. Can I tell you that I'm having a Monday? I have today broken two shoestrings and a belt. I'm just, <laughs> I stood up out of the car this morning and uh, my belt, it just broke. Now you might be thinking I was in the uh, Krispy Kreme or someplace like that, but actually, no, that's not the reason. Uh, it just busted in half. So now I'm walking around uh, the studio just trying to keep my pants up, you know. And uh, fortunately, they they do pretty well, but I think I'm stepping on the bottom of my pants. Anyway, uh, and then I broke two shoestrings. And I'm I'm almost at this point where I feel like whenever you break a shoestring, you should just throw away the shoe. That's what I feel like. I broke the, When I broke the second one, I just wanted to take my shoes and put them in the trash and just go find other shoes. But I, and I went to another pair of shoes. But I noticed that the shoestrings are completely worn on that one, and at any moment, they're going to break. And I would have to change clothes. The shoes just didn't work. And not that I'm Mr. Fashion, but, you know, sometimes things work. So I decided I'm going to replace the uh, shoestrings. And actually, you know, to tell you more to the story, the shoestring on one of the shoes actually broke last week. And what I did was I just took the little short part that was on there and I just unhooked the other side and I started tying the, the shoe and just unleashed them from the uh, the eyelets or whatever they're called. I think there's a name for those things on the shoes. And we're tying them that way. But the shoe didn't quite fit well. I knew I needed new shoestrings. I went into a couple of stores and you can't buy shoestrings, it seems like. I went to department stores in the shoe department. Do you have shoestrings? No. Anybody know where to get them? I guess, you know, maybe you do have to throw away the shoes. Maybe they cost as much as the shoes. Anyway, so that wasn't working. Well, today the shoe broke on the other, the shoestring broke on the other shoe, my left shoe. It was the right shoe that it wasn't working on, but, it was, you know, that I had figured out. And then it broke on the other shoe. And this time it broke in a place where you couldn't just read. It just was too short. The shoe wouldn't work. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to figure this out. And then I put on the other shoe anyway for some reason because I was kind of in a hurry. And then that, that shoestring broke again. So what I ended up doing was taking the shoestrings out of some old pair of shoes. And um, and then what I did was I uh, used those shoestrings in the, in the other shoes. Okay, So I took shoestrings out of the old pair of shoes, put them in the new pair of shoes. And then I realized how incompetent I am at putting shoestrings in shoes. I need to go back to kindergarten. Have you ever... Have you done this recently? I had to redo it three or four times. I couldn't get the I couldn't get the length right, and I couldn't get it. There's a little loop in the tongue of the shoe that it goes through, and on both shoes, I put it in that loop too early, 
And so then when I put my feet in there, it just didn't feel right. And it took me forever to figure out what's wrong. And then uh, I finally got that done. Uh, I had to unwrap it and do all of that. So that's why then I'm running kind of late and I get in the, and uh, then my belt breaks. Now, the truth of it is the truth of it is that uh, I should have replaced the shoestrings a long time ago. They're obviously going to break. And with the belt, the truth of it is, is I've probably had this belt since 1982. And, uh, you know, it was just uh, not quite that long, actually. But it it was it was any day now that belt was going to go. But I like to get mileage out of stuff. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. The point is that, you know, these are these are like first world problems, right? Like not a terrible big deal, but... The truth is, is I should have replaced those things a long time ago, and I didn't, and it threw off my entire day. It just did, and it reminded me about something that is a a biblical, um, a biblical truth that we need to know, and it's something that really is about having an edge. You know, sometimes you have to have an edge. You know, baseball coaches, you know, you try to when you're playing baseball, you try to find. Um, if you're up to bat, you want to figure out if you can tell what the pitcher's going to throw. And if he's tipping his pitches somehow, if you can see how he holds the ball or you can see maybe he does something different if it's going to be a breaking ball versus a fastball, if you can figure that out, well, then you have an edge. You know, and that's that's the way you're supposed to play, not like the Astros where you have somebody with a camera and then beating a trash can to tell you how, to, how that's going to go. You know how that is. Um, and you have to have an edge with that. Same thing is true in in your life. Sometimes maybe you have a a skill or something that uh, you're really good at, but there's other people who are really good at it, right? There are other salespeople who are good. There are other people who are good at music or or some other talent that you've got. And if you want to do well, you got to have an edge. What's the biblical edge? Have you thought about this? What, What is it that gives you enough sense to know how to navigate life when the stupid happens, whether it happens to you because of something you were you did or something that just happens. And what about the, the serious things in life? Obviously, there are some pretty serious things that happen to us uh, much, much bigger than shoestrings and, and things like that. 888-528-2557. Uh, got a message here from Todd. He says he's also having a Monday that is rough. He forgot his belt, so my belt broke. But he forgot his belt, so he's using a bungee cord, and the hook part of it is digging into his gut. <laughs> See, you know, I I was gonna go get, go to the store and buy a belt, but the timing just didn't work out today. You know, I thought I could probably just jump into some place and uh, get a belt, but maybe I would have the same routine as the, you know, same difficulty with the shoestrings. Nobody shell, sells those anymore. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Penny in Canoga Park. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Scott, I just want to tell you something. If you need shoelaces, go to the um, drug stores or go to your grocery store. They're all sold there. CVS, Ralphs, all of them sell shoelaces. I would never have thought to go to a grocery store for the shoelaces. Shoelaces. They sell everything. Don't go to these big department stores. That they, they they plus they overcharge you, and they don't carry what they should. But you go to CVS or drug stores or Kroger, Ralph's, Safeway, anything like that, and they usually have shoelaces on on their sho- on their <clears> floor. Yeah, well, I might give that a try. Of course, I could go to CVS and buy a pack of gum and get uh, shoelaces with the receipt that's three miles long. That they're going to give yeah, me from that, that place. That, yes. Hey, I work for CVS. They're a great company. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what CVS stands for? 
Uh, no, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was forgetting. I have a very, you know, very bad stroke. It's like, I don't know anything. you know, consumer various service or something. You know, it's it's oh, a, really? it's it's a name that you wouldn't really expect. Like it's a name that probably would have made sense back in the time when educationally we used big words, but now well, we when have... I worked for them, we were Savon. <laughs> right. Okay. So that shows you how long ago that was. All right, Penny. We'll see. Thank you. Thank you for letting me know that. See, Penny has an You're edge. You're welcome, and good luck with your shoelaces, and buy a couple of pairs so you don't run out. Yeah, see, that's the thing, right, is that I, I should have a, uh, a backup. Thank you, Penny, for calling. 888-528-2557. See, Penny has an edge. She knows that you go to the uh, drugstore. I wouldn't look for shoelaces in a place like that. I guess it makes sense, though. But it seems to me I would go to where I bought the shoes, that they would have shoelaces there that fit the shoes that I bought from there, and uh, they don't. How do you, do you have an edge in your life, something that you know about or something that has, gets you through the times that just go a little crazy? in your life that, you know, when your day doesn't go the right way or sometimes life just doesn't go the right way. That happens for a lot of people, right? And, uh, you know, I've met a lot of people who are just having trouble, you know, navigating the the world today. Uh, And, you know, it's difficult raising a child. So there's a lot of people more than ever in the history of our country who are planning not to have kids. Maybe that's you, but we're just not going to raise kids. And I I would ask in, you know, premarital counseling, why? And they would say, it's just too tough today. I don't want to go have my kids go through the same thing that I went through as a kid. It's like, well, don't treat your kids like your, your parents did. But, you know, I've met people who just want to leave civilization. So they moved to Tehachapi or something. I'm just kidding. Somebody's going to call me from Tehachapi now. Um, there's a one-way ticket to Mars that you can sign up with. Some people just want to get off the planet. I, I don't blame you on certain days. But, uh, you know, what do you do about your life when you can't always have control, you you need an edge. 888-528-2557. Uh, Beatrice in San Diego, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. I have three comments. One, yes. it's time to get a leather belt. Well, this no, was a leather belt. Oh, really? Okay, okay, okay. I didn't think But I, I think okay. it had just worn through for a while. Maybe it wasn't a healthy cow. I don't know. You know, there's some That's defect. That's funny, that... Sometimes they're they're kind of thin. Well, what I was really going to say is time to get Velcro shoes. <laughs> you were cracking me up, cracking me up with those uh, strings. Yeah, I think, I'm sorry. You got to go to Velcro. 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 Right? <laughs> yeah, is there yeah, yeah. is there a time in life when you just have to like uh, you know go to the Velcro shoes? Yeah. Is that where I'm at now? I think so. I think so. Yeah, sorry, maybe. Yeah. I've tried the slip-ons, you know, but uh, they don't they don't. My feet start to hurt when I have the slip-ons on. Oh. Okay, right. and then the last thing, as far as the edge, yeah, definitely. Here's my edge on life: is um, I have my phone go off automatically at six in the morning, and it doesn't go on until nine thirty. I do check, you know, when I get up, I do check see if I had any, you know, any any texts or anything that was important. But then it's like that's my time with the Lord. Nobody's going to disturb me. And then, you know, after I have my wonderful time with the Lord and listen to some teachings while I'm making and having breakfast, then I'm ready to start my day. And that is my edge on life. I think that's a great, a great thing to do is don't look at your, if, especially if it's work-related, right? Uh, yeah. Get up and do the things you got to do. Get with the Lord, and you can, you can oh. look at the work later. Seek you first. That's right. Yeah. All right, Beatrice. Thank you very much. That's a good way to have an edge. See, the thing is about an edge, biblically speaking, is it is about wisdom, right? It's not about knowledge or skill or just competence. It is about wisdom. 
And that's something you get all the way through Scripture. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show talking about things that give you an edge in life. Mike in Simi Valley, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Scott. I, uh, I've never heard of breaking both shoelaces on the same day. In the same I'm day. I, I'm just wondering, maybe God was saying, Scott, remove your shoes for your standing on holy ground, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of had more like, Scott, you're an idiot vibes, actually. Uh, but, uh, you know, I guess I could look at it that way. Yeah, not just the two shoestrings breaking in the same day, but the belt breaking then later uh, made yeah. me think, you know, maybe uh, I got to think about what I'm doing here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike. Well, uh, do you have an, or you have uh, you know, when stuff like that happens to you, do you have a way that you handle it or you just go home and call in sick and call it a day? Yeah, I, you know, I get, I just get angry and I, I feel like that. Yeah. I, sometimes I think that if there's something against me or something, it's not, not going, you know, not going my way. Yeah. <laughs> I just get angry. Yeah. I, get. I, uh, I, I didn't get think. angry, but I was very practical about the idea of whether or not my pants were going to stay up at all. You know, that might cause yeah. it is it is radio after all. So, you know, but uh, I still have to be around people. <laughs> all right, Mike, uh, yeah. th- thanks for calling the Pastor Scott show. Appreciate that. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. What do you do about uh, life that you can't always control? You know, the thing is, is that's just the that is part of life. Sometimes we feel like, you know, kind of like Mike was saying, maybe God is saying something. And I think God, you know, does remind us everything really ought to be a reminder of God, right, in different ways, uh, different things. I think here, that what I'm thinking about is I just got to take care of those things. The shoestrings were old. One had already broken, right, and I, I, you know, fixed it so I was using an old shoelace, but I knew it was coming. That's part of the, the wisdom thing. When you know that something is coming, when you know that you're on a path, you know, I knew my belt was old. I didn't realize it was going to break today, though. That did not cross my mind. I wasn't thinking. I actually have belt, though, on a list. I have a I have belt on a Costco list because they sometimes they sell belts there. And I thought, oh, I'll go get a uh, Costco belt. But uh, every time I've looked, there just hasn't been, you know, I just haven't bought one. And now I'm going to have to. Maybe that's where I'll go. But apparently I'll just go to CVS. Uh, you know, there's something that is a great thing to keep in mind. One of my favorite books is Ecclesiastes. And it gives you the meaning of life. Ecclesiastes is, you know, whenever I've taught through that book, I'll often call it the meaning of life. And it's because that book is so honest about the different things that happen to us in life. Uh, In chapter 10, you know, verse um, 11, it says, if the snake bites before it's charmed, the charmer receives no fee. (laughs) You know, that's, that's a pretty good line there. You know, if you get bit before you charm a snake, a snake, it really doesn't matter whether or not you know how to charm the snake, right? Um, you know, and I think you can apply that to modern day things. If a snake is in your backyard, unless you know how to capture a snake, really, you call somebody. You don't go and go out and get it yourself. You got to have some kind of of edge. Um, Ecclesiastes says in chapter ten. Uh, verse 8, whoever digs a pit may fall into it. Whoever breaks through a wall might be bitten by a snake. Apparently snakes back in the day were the big fear. And I've seen uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark back when the Indiana Jones movies were good. You know, snakes. I hate snakes. That whole deal, he's down there with the asps when he's about to get the uh, Ark of the Covenant. Maybe that's more truthful than we thought. 
you know, maybe they, they really had a uh, problem with the snakes there. Uh, verse 9, whoever quarries stones might be injured by them. Whoever splits logs may be endangered by them. One time I was splitting logs at a camp, and it was just fantastic. And, you know, I was single at the time, so, you know, I had other things in mind showing off my, you know, tremendous, tremendous uh, masculinity or whatever. And I'm, I've got this axe, and I'm splitting logs for the fire. And uh, the axe head flew off on one of my swings and almost hit a guy. Um, that was not what I intended. Fortunately, he was okay and nobody got hurt, but that was... You got to. You never know. Sometimes you're you're chopping wood, and somebody might get killed. Sometimes the you're very good at digging a pit. You might be very good at what you're doing, and the pit might kill you, uh, you know, or injure you. Uh, that's what happens. That's one of the great things about Ecclesiastes. It says so. But then there's something here very interesting. Verse ten. It says, "If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success." And in there you have this word. It's Euthron, it means advantage or profit or excellence. And it's a word that's used throughout the book. And it literally means edge. And it's how you succeed even though things can go wrong. Ecclesiastes 2.13 uses the same thing. I saw that wisdom is better than folly, just as light is better than darkness. And the word is right there, that you have a euthron, you have this edge that you might need more strength and skill, so it's good to go out and get an education. It's good to develop your skills, to take the time to do that. But none of that outweighs wisdom. Wisdom is knowing what your, your timing is. See, the thing is about our lives, and we're living in a world that is severely lacking in wisdom, if you haven't noticed. I mean, have you noticed that? When I prepare for this show and I just start to read headlines and try to get a, a theme for the day, you know, what kinds of things are going on. I don't get a lot of wisdom out of it. I don't see a a lot of stories about the brilliance of one person or another. I read one headline after another of, of, you know, some bad decisions that people have made or accidents or terrible things. And that's kind of what sells, right? But there's, there's not a lot out there. But see, here's the thing. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter what your job is, what your job title is. It doesn't matter what your major is or your education. It doesn't matter if you're handsome or pretty. All of those things might give you an advantage or a disadvantage, whatever the circumstances are. But the real advantage in life from all of us comes from sharpening your axe and not just working hard. It's it's, you develop a skill and wisdom and you should work hard. But having an edge means you have the wisdom to get by. Having an edge in life means that you have the wisdom to know the right timing when it's time to go get new shoestrings or it's time to get a new belt or if it's time to move, if it's time to get a different job, if it's time to go to the doctor, right? That's a big one for a lot of us. I deal with that is, you know, I'm not feeling right or something's going on. I should go to the doctor, right? There's the everybody knows, I think, that if they catch it early, that you're better off. That's why you should have, you know, a regular physical if you can get one. All right, if we start to go down the path of what are the wise things that we ought to do, we can figure that out pretty pretty easily. Wisdom is something that the book of James tells us is offered freely to everybody who asks. And then you, you have to develop the wisdom to know how to use that wisdom once you get it. You got to have that edge. It's not enough to know how to play a game or how to do a job, especially when you're playing against somebody who can beat you or who can do better than you. You got to have an edge. And this is part of what wisdom is. You know, I, 
I know a lot of Bible-believing people who have a lot of knowledge and a lot of understanding about the Bible, but they don't use it, and that's the lack of wisdom. They understand it. They can teach it. They can, you know, explain it. They can use it in different ways in conversation in their small group, but when it comes to their life, you just go, wow, um, that's amazing what they do. Ecclesiastes says, words from the mouth of the wise are gracious, but fools are consumed by their own lips. And isn't that true right there? At the beginning, their words are folly, and at the end, they are wicked madness, and fools multiply words. No one knows what is coming. Who can tell someone else what will happen after them? You know, people love to be around wise people, by the way. Uh, They don't like to be around fools, ultimately. So my encouragement to you is to ask God for wisdom in your life, regardless of what the situation is that you're facing. You might be facing something that is more of a wardrobe malfunction issue like I'm having today, which is not a big deal, but it could have been prevented with some wisdom. But you also might be having a, a personal crisis of sickness or a spiritual crisis or maybe you've suffered a tragedy or something else is going on. We all are going to go through those things. That's just part of the reality in this life. Apply what you know about God. Seek to know who God is and ask God for the wisdom to know how to do it. That's, that's what wisdom is. It's the ability to navigate life. It's the ability to navigate around the icebergs before you hit them. And then it's the ability to deal with it right whenever you hit them or be prepared for those times in life when you can't navigate around it. It's just going to happen. And all of that is something that God uses in your life to take care of you, to grow you. In fact, he always, you know, he tends to grow us more when we make mistakes, when things don't go the right way, when things are difficult. And that's why we can praise God for that. You know, one of the most wise people I know is the CEO of the Union Rescue Mission, Andy Bales. Do you know him? He's going to be on the show here in just a minute. We're going to have Andy Bales come on. He threw out the first pitch at Dodger Stadium a couple of weeks ago, which is a pretty cool thing to do when you've lost both of your legs, which is uh, one of the things that Andy deals with. And uh, he's going to be on the show. We're going to talk about a few things as soon as the Pastor Scott Show continues. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Monday edition returns with Andy Bales. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, good to be with you once again. My guest is Andy Bales. He's the CEO of the Union Rescue Mission here in Los Angeles on Skid Row. Andy, welcome back to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you so much, Scott. So I noticed the other day that you threw out the first pitch at Dodger Stadium. I did. Uh, my buddy and co-host on Amazing Stories from Skid Row, Kitty Davis Walker, lined it up with the foundation head at the Dodgers Foundation, Nicole Whiteman. And uh, they, they planned ahead and invited me to throw out the first pitch. And uh, it was uh, quite, quite a memory and quite a joy. We had about 300 and 14 uh, Union Rescue Mission uh, teammates and friends and family and and more in the audience because folks in the audience were uh, giving me a shout out and lots of people said hi and and you know it's fun to make a comeback. I tried out for the Cincinnati Reds and St. Louis Cardinals uh, back when I was 19 and since they told me then I didn't have it, 
it wasn't a, a tryout because I knew I didn't have it when I was 19. I'm not going to have it when I'm 64. Right. But I, I threw it as well as I could after some great warm-up pitches. And, and I, I threw hard, but I kind of threw a knuckler across the plate that, that had some movement. And, uh, and so everybody said I did, a, I did okay. Well, that's, re- <laughs> that's really good. I think one of the goals in throwing out the first pitch th- these days is that you do not go viral on YouTube afterwards yes right uh, yeah and i had such good friends sending me pictures of uh videos of people who who did make it and threw it into the stands and yeah. and embarrassed themselves and i said thanks for the encouragement but i'm thinking positive yeah well that's <laughs> i think the way to do it see and i just think to myself i could still go pro you know <laughs> one day you know sometimes these teams are looking pretty bad and i think i could do that <laughs> you know but no one's yeah. calling hey uh it's always good to have you on and we get the opportunity to talk about homelessness, which we should never have, I think, outside of our, our thought process because it's a growing problem. In the first segment today, we're talking about wisdom, the need to have an edge. And it doesn't seem like here in uh, Southern California that we're very wise when it comes to how we deal with homelessness. No, we lead the nation in failure to address homelessness. In fact, it plays out that 30% of all homeless people in the United States reside in California. And unfortunately, 50% of all people devastated by street homelessness, so half of street homelessness is on the streets of, of California, which means people who are homeless in California suffer the worst devastation possible on the streets. And, uh, Unfortunately, we are the capital of homelessness in Los Angeles. And you'd think after our results going up 9% in the county, 10% in the city, we would be humbled to the point of humiliation, uh, to the point of looking to other cities for solutions rather than continuing to think that we're we're addressing homelessness well in, in Los Angeles. It's an absurdity, actually, whenever I hear people say we're doing this well. Um, 50% of street homelessness, you mentioned that there's 30% of all homelessness. So that would, the difference would be homelessness, people living on the street versus people who might be living in their cars or who are homeless, but they're in a shelter or something. Is that the uh, yeah shelter transitional housing? We provide the least amount of shelter in Los Angeles of any metropolis that I'm aware of, unlike New York, which provides people with a roof. In fact, they have a a law that says people have a right to shelter. So if they ask for shelter in New York, they get it. They also have a law in New York that uh, if it's 32 degrees or below, uh, they make people come in from the streets. And now that equivalent of that in California, in L.A. anyway, is 40 degrees in rain because, Scott, we actually have more deaths by hypothermia in Los Angeles than does New York City or San Francisco combined. I know that's hard to believe with a difference in the weather, but that that shows the sheer number of people we leave on the streets in Los Angeles. So many more die of hypothermia than in New York City or San Francisco. That is a stunning statistic. I did not know that. I am. Uh, you said the word we should be humiliated before we should be humiliated by that. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good news. And the only good news would be if we actually stopped the current status quo of the housing first harm reduction model 
and adopted multiple strategies to address homelessness like other cities have done and other cities are doing much better addressing homelessness than Los Angeles because we're stuck on very slow to develop, very expensive housing units as the solution, but that's a solution that's only uh, experienced by a few. And unfortunately, those few, when they do move in, they move into chaotic, drug-filled, violent, gang-ruled environments so that those units on Skid Row anyway, I can only really talk about my Skid Row experience, those units are running about 50% empty while thousands of people are on the streets. And unfortunately, six people per day are dying of complications of homelessness in L.A. County, mostly due to overdose deaths. So the, the practice of harm reduction, the free flow of alcohol and, and hard drugs, and the uh, free handing out of meth pipes on Skid Row by our county through other nonprofits is is not helping mm. us to address homelessness. When you talk about harm reduction, that's part of it. The 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 free needles or the free uh, crack pipes or things like that. The idea, yes. the idea goes back to the time when they were giving out free needles for to keep you from getting AIDS if you were using heroin or something. Um, but now it's turned into we're just going to we are going to subsidize your drug use as much as possible. Is that why we are 50% of the street homelessness uh, living in California, that policy alone? It is uh, my opinion that the housing a few, but leaving the many on the streets and combined with the, the free flow of hard drugs is the reason for California specifically having skyrocketing homelessness and having 50% of the street homelessness in our country. Yeah. And I attribute it to the doubling down by our state and our local governments on the housing first harm reduction. So it's a combination of of the very expensive buildings and then the free flow of hard drugs. You're listening to Pastor Scott Show. My guest is the president and CEO of the Union Rescue Mission here in Los Angeles, Reverend Andy Bales. He also hosts a radio show called Amazing Stories from Skid Row. And uh, you can find the United Rescue Mission website at urm.org. Andy, you know, I, I've always thought that maybe we're leading in homeless because of the weather. And if I were homeless, maybe I'd rather be out here. But what you just said about New York doing better at housing people and fewer uh, deaths for hypothermia because of the weather, that's not it, is it? I mean, it's what can we learn from New York, which is another, you know, if you uh, take a look at it from a political angle, right, another blue city, another uh, uh, city that people would say would normally have a liberal philosophy, why are they doing better? Because they have the right to shelter. And we have people here in Los Angeles and in our uh, state fighting for a right to very expensive housing. But yeah. they, they think that providing a, a shelter bed, an immediate shelter bed, uh, will waste the 15 or 20 bucks that could have gone to those very expensive housing units, except for our wonderful mayor, Karen Bass, who says, now we need a vast network of interim housing while we build housing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I agree with her a hundred percent, but I say we need a vast network of immediate interim housing while we build innovative, affordable units of housing, not the very slow to develop, very expensive units, but 
innovative like mobile homes that cost 80,000 a unit or uh, prefab homes that cost 60,000 or uh, Home Depot home I just saw you can get for 45,000 or yeah. a yurt that my son has in his backyard for 45,000. If we would think innovation and immediacy uh, along with a recovery focus. So I'm thinking of recovery villages where people can work together to to get sober because yeah. Scott addiction is up all over the world. No wonder it's up in the United States, but addiction is up something like 43% in the world and addiction is up uh, hard drugs is up 23% in the world and I think people are Instead of turning to God and community and faith, they're turning to addiction as the as the answer or as the escape from reality, and that's leading people to uh, a spiral toward death. We need a reemphasis uh, to reemphasize community and faith and church and faith communities, and we need to turn back to God or our. Our society is going to keep unraveling. It, it, it appears that we're losing all bearings of morality and hope. Families are disconnecting in a way I've never seen in my hmm. life. And I did a study years ago. 93% of people devastated by homelessness uh, came from a family that disintegrated when they were young or they burnt every bridge yeah. uh, with their family. And somehow... That is speeding up in a, in a rapid way in, in the society I'm living in. And as the friends and family that I look around to, I think people are getting disconnected when we need to be getting connected to hope. Well, that's one of the things that the Union Rescue Mission does is they connect people to hope. And Andy, uh, I thank you for doing that. Can you give us, uh, before we run out of time here, you know, just a quick you know, story about connecting someone to hope because in the the numbers are bad, and what you just said is absolutely right. I've never seen the the unraveling of family and other stuff, which leads to the disconnectedness, and it leads to the drug use and other stuff. You know, there's a lot of people if they lose their job or they lose their home, well, there's family they can go stay with, but not if they've disconnected from their family. Right. Just today, we had a young lady, and you'll hear it later on on our stories from Skid Row. Uh, during the week, but we had a young lady named Tracy. She was drinking. She was escaping domestic abuse, bouncing from couch to couch with her little girl. And they ran into her cousin who had gotten sober. And he told her that she needed to get help. She connected with a friend who handed her the number to Hope Gardens Family Center, our Union Rescue Mission satellite for families. She had the courage to make a change and call Hope Gardens. She said when she showed up, she couldn't believe how beautiful it was. And when she got accepted to move in, she said, I was filled with joy and hope. And uh, they, this week, had a great time. We were out there having Christmas in July, sledding down a hill with 20 tons of snow on the hill and uh, all kinds of great food, including In-N-Out burgers. And she gave life another try, and uh, she's going to be a pharmacy tech. She's heading to L.A. Mission College uh, this semester, and she and uh, her little six-year-old girl are living a life of hope because she asked for help, and she was ready for help, and, and somebody offered help. You know, somebody wasn't afraid to say, 
go get some help. Yeah. And that's the, that's the kind of community we need that looks out for each other. That is. Well, I thank you for providing that, you and everybody who works so hard at the Union Rescue Mission. And there are many uh, rescue missions and homeless ministries throughout the Southland who are doing such a great job. And I think the key to it, like you said, we got to uh, is is recovery, that we believe that people can recover and that there is hope. Thanks so much, Pastor yeah. Scott. Andy, thank you for providing that. If you want to learn more, go to urm.org. That's Union Rescue Mission, urm.org. You can support, you can volunteer, and you can also tune in to Andy's radio show. It's called Amazing Stories from Skid Row. It's on KKLA in Los Angeles every weekday evening at 930. And you can learn more also, of even of that show, and some great stories of hope at urm.org. Uh, Reverend Andy Bales, thank you for being with me today. Thank you, sir. All right. God bless you. All right. When we come back, we'll uh, talk about this subject and how to have an edge and uh, and uh, some more as the Monday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Beginning of the uh, hour today, I talked about um, the idea of having an edge and why it's important to have wisdom. We just had Andy Bales from the U- Union Rescue Mission on talking about the lack of wisdom in Southern California, even all of California, when it comes to homelessness. By the way, I, if you wonder, there's a lot of terms that we you might hear often related to this subject. Housing first is one of them. Harm reduction is another one. And these are philosophies for dealing with homelessness that are not working. And there are people, believe it or not, who still argue that this is the right way to go, even though all of the investigations and studies say that it's not working. But it comes from a, a heart about the issue. I play this clip once in a while. If you want to in 15 seconds why we have such a homeless problem in California. This is it. Clean and sober is one of the biggest damn mistakes this country's ever made. I know it's a hold-your-hand idealistic point of view that somehow magically, I mean, God bless some of you. If you're like me, I've been known to have a glass of wine at night watching some of the nightly news. Uh, We all need to self-medicate periodically. That's Governor Newsom, uh, who's soon to be running for president, if you want to put it in another term there. That's what most people are believing now. I've been saying that all along. But that philosophy that clean and sober is just a fantasy. Clean and sober is one of the biggest damn mistakes this country's ever made. That the idea that what we need to do for people is help them get clean and sober, that's the worst mistake this country has ever made. Clean and sober is one of the biggest damn... See, if you have that philosophy, then what are you going to do? So you're going to take a look at people who are suffering in homelessness, or they're suffering with drug addiction, they're suffering with alcoholism, they're suffering with name your addiction to whatever it is. And you think that the idea that we can help people get clean and sober is the craziest thing. That instead, the reason people are homeless is not because they need to get clean and sober, not because they have, we've been disintegrating the family as a culture, which we have. And that was an interesting point here, is that the disintegration of the family, the nuclear family, mother, father, raising kids, mother and father who stay married, who raise the kids together, that the disintegration of that is impacting homelessness. And this is one of the reasons. It's because if you don't have somebody you can call when you start to have trouble, or you don't have a relationship where people can help you, or people can step in, or people can have an intervention, or people can do stuff, 
then your chances of becoming homeless once you have an addiction, or maybe you just have a, a mental health problem. Maybe there's no addiction, although usually those things are, are I, won't, I don't want to say usually, but often those things are connected. When you don't have the relationships that are built in, then you have that problem. And I mean, that's a scary thing. I know that's scary for many of you listening. I know that a lot of you listening are homeless in your car right now and or even on the street. We have people who call in all the time. And, you know, one of the prayers that we have for you is that you would build relationships. That's one of the great things about the the Union Rescue Mission or the San Diego Rescue Mission, Long Beach Rescue Mission. Most of our towns have a organization that is run in such a way where they do believe that getting clean and sober is right. Often they do not receive the funds from the state or from other organizations that are helping because they're also going to introduce Jesus. They're going to introduce the hope that we have in Christ. That And it's insane. It's absolutely insane what we are doing in so many levels in our country. And as as Andy mentioned, the world, the harm reduction model began, the harm reduction is the philosophy that's behind having the drug paraphernalia given away for free. There's now vending machines where you can buy that kind of stuff. That's where a lot of the money goes. I mean, it, the money's really going to the uh, organizations who put that stuff in. So there are people making a lot of money and making a living off of the fact that homelessness is not getting better uh, and getting worse. And the idea in California that's also insane is that everybody's got to have, you know, an $800,000 home per individual. That's crazy. But we instead have a philosophy that is the uh, the Newsom philosophy. Mistakes this country's ever made. I know it's a ha- hold your hand idealistic point of view that somehow magically, I mean, God bless some of you. I, if you're like me, I've been known to have a glass of wine at night watching some of the nightly news. Uh, we all need to self-medicate periodically. So we don't want to deny the addict the ability to go and self-medicate, whatever that means. Uh, that we don't reject that, it is humiliating. That's the right word. We, and we don't have that. I don't think we have culturally that. As believers, though, we've got – we have the hope of Christ. We have the hope that says that people can be made new, that people can really change. You ever hear that people don't change? You know, Most people don't really change, but a lot of people change. I know a lot of you realize that you've changed. And you know what happens when you change? You, you change when you do have that hum- humiliation, kind of a, a word we don't like to apply today. But when you actually have the the humiliation of knowing that, hey, I'm not perfect. In fact, I'm pretty messed up. That I need to get help, right? That's a big part of it is that we don't ask for help or we wait so long before we ask for help, we don't know who to ask. And then we're in trouble or we don't have anybody to ask. One of the things that I've done with homeless people is I try to find their family. That's one of the first things as a pastor when I have homeless people come by, which is pretty regularly, I try to find their family. And I'd call if they had a number and I'd call their family and I'd say, hey, you know, we uh, found uh, Joe. He's here living in his car. He's living on the street and uh, he wants to know if he can come home. And sometimes the family would say, yes, send them home. And we would put them on a bus and they'd go home and that's the best. But sometimes they would tell me, and it was super sad. We've tried everything. We've had him home before. We've done all this, um, but we were just done. And they say no. Well, then I thank the Lord for organizations like the Rescue Mission, for organizations where the church comes together and says, you know what, we understand. We understand why the family thing at this point is hard, but we don't give up on people. We don't give up on people who are made in the image of God as bad off as they are. 
and we're going to pray for them. We're going to provide help if they'll do it. Some people won't. Um, they won't do it, and they are they are kept going because of the, the harm reduction where they're given access to the drugs for free. They're given a place to do the drugs where there's somebody standing by with some Narcan or something that you shoot them up in case they overdose. That's the harm reduction, right? So the harm reduction is we don't want you to overdose today. You can die of your drug overdose later. And it makes no sense, but it's something that we continue to do. And housing first isn't making. So what, one of the things you can do is look up your, your local a homeless rescue mission, your homeless ministry, have your church do it, connect with it through your church, make sure that they teach the gospel, make sure that they aren't stuck teaching bad philosophies because they're taking money from the state that requires them to not provide for recovery. Make sure that they understand that Jesus changes lives, that the Holy Spirit is real. And we you know whenever you go and you volunteer in one of these places, and you get to know the people who have come off the street. It's the greatest thing because you see people's lives who are changed. You see people who, for, you know, every every thought that says they probably won't survive, now they're going to survive and often will thrive. And that's the exciting thing that happens when you believe that there is hope in Christ, that there is restoration, that there is forgiveness, that there is grace, and that there is a family in the body of Christ, even if your biological family is done, you know, the grace of Christ never runs out. And that's true for all of us and with whatever we're struggling with. You may not be homeless, but you might be in a place where you just feel like I've messed up for so long and my family's given up on me, or maybe you've given up on somebody and you're just, you, you feel like there's just no hope. Would you just remember wherever you're at on that whole spectrum that the hope of Christ never goes away, that the grace that Christ has, the mercy that Christ has, exceeds everything that we as human beings can muster up. And he's always there, and there is always hope. Even for the worst cases, you'd be surprised what happens. So pray for those people. Pray for people like Andy Bales and people running those organizations. Gosh, it is a, it's a significant thing. Pray for your leaders. You know, I know that in L.A., Karen Bass is trying, trying to do something different, but she has a lot of opposition from people on the far left uh, to not change, but we need to do that. All right, we're going to take a break. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back with Hour 2 as the Monday edition uh, continues. What's a book in your life that has impacted your life? We'll talk about that as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 